Welcome back to the Excellence Cartel. Still in lockdown. Still in lockdown. Still there. Still in lockdown. Going to be here for a while. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Our leaders are so bright. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I actually brought this up to someone the other day. I was like, man, where's the ACLU? You brought that up to me. Like they were, yeah, I think it was you guys that was bringing that up too. But I was like, remember like, I responded, I said they're highly liberal. Yeah, they're, they're picking. Every, yeah, that's if, you look at the, if you look at Facebook, I was talking to this with Steph. Every single liberal wants to stay on lockdown. Like right. they're fearful, like everything the government's saying is true. And then every Republican that I know is like, dude, enough's enough, man. Like we got to start being fiscally responsible. Like people die, it happens. The death rate is like 0.002. Like, Let's roll. You know what I mean? Like it's right down the line. So it has to be with like kind of how you just live your life and then the what thing is, you fall into. I want to I say my piece on this. And, you know, this isn't to, I don't mean any disrespect to the people who are, you know, uh, frontline workers or medical professionals and all that. But the people who are telling us to stay at home are doctors and nurses and politicians who are gainfully employed and they are at the, the best of job security right now. They're needed right now, okay? It's a lot different when you're in that situation versus someone who is about to lose their business or their home, you know, or who's been laid off and not getting unemployment or being slow to get that refund check. It's a lot different, it's two different worlds. So while I'm thankful for all the people who are doing the best out there for us, at the same time, the people telling us to stay home are the ones who can afford to stay home, you know? So, so I got something for you, which I was like blown away by. The mayor of Nashville releases his budget suggestions today. And one of the suggestions, besides a minimum 20% property increase. Wow. Minimum. That was, he goes at I mean, least, at least. Have to, are you in the city rank uh -huh. limits? Yeah. You're going to have to roll out. I mean, that's, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. So then this gets a little bit better. This motherfucker goes, I want $100 million from Metro's school budget. Oh, wow. Our budget's $300 million deficit, right? Shortfall. And I'm like, and you're going to cut $100 million from schools? Cool. Wow. Our schools are already fucking like atrocious. For what? Like to pay people who are out of work? To, to overcome the $300 million shortfall. I'm like, open the motherfucker back up, buddy. It's yeah. like a time. You know open what? Open it up and legalize weed, and you'll be one That's of why the, I said the richest I cities in the United States in two years because Dude. every tourist coming in there is going to be like, okay. Here's 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 some money. I'll Dude, get some have you <laughs> you saw right. me? Tag, so many people come into Nashville. Yeah, you saw me tag him in that post saying like, I did. Legalize awesome. dope. Like, let's awesome. just do this. Let's get it on. But um, let's get through our weeks uh, since we kind of went off on a little tangent there. Yeah. Um, Jason, I'm gonna begin with you. Sure. How's it going? Have you do you have yourself a mask? No. Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> I, I just so dumb. Like, listen to what Kentucky's doing. This 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 guy. Um. We haven't had to have wear masks into our Kroger or any business like 7-Eleven or anything that's open. No masks the whole time. When we open and start to open on May 11th in his infinite wisdom, now we have to wear masks in any business we go into. And I was talking uh, to my sister-in-law last night who was a doctor and her husband is a doctor. And they're like, yeah, like viruses go right through the front of those masks those masks are to protect you know bacteria when surgeons are over a body but those viruses go right through it, they literally are not helping and then people are going to think they're they're helping and probably get closer to people they shouldn't so like now we got a mask up but we haven't this whole time so yeah i'm just 
beside myself with the stupidity. Um, but anyways, my week's been good. Like I actually had to shut down my website in terms of allowing people to hire me just so I can get caught up. Um, I'm only probably gonna do it for like a week. So, you know, people should just hit me up and we'll schedule a date for onboarding you. Um, but I had to just, I had to just get like caught up and not feel so stressed. Um, so that's good. Like, you know, people are still like wanting to fix their, their health or get on a healthy, you know, plan. So that's awesome. Um, as far as business wise, everything's new ethics seems pretty good. I think, you know, we're kind of one of those more demanded products, um, in times like this and, um, everything's, everything's moving along, but I am starting to get a little annoyed by how this is unfolding here. Um, and just a little worried about, the economy and things and how long the ramifications will go. But, you know, other than that, we're in good spirits here. It's the about household and, and just getting along. So word up. Sue, yeah. how are you doing? Oh. You're looking good today. <laughs> hey, Don't thanks, guys. man. You know, I'm getting leaner. Um, I'm cold. So I got the blanket on again. So when people watch YouTube, they'll see, but you know, the diet's working real well. When me and Jason, we dropped my fats down to 20, uh, bumped the carbs up, dropped the protein down. I started shredding real quick. So I'm going to do this for two more weeks, I told Jason, and get down to maybe like a four weeks outlook and then, you know, switch gears to a reverse. So in the bodybuilding world, you know, things are going well for me. Business like Jason, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't been so swamped. I have to shut down my website, but, you know, I have been getting a lot of renewals. Had three new clients join in the last couple of days. So things are rolling there. I'm very happy about that. But I got one piece of bad news to report. Yeah, that is. So you guys remember, like you guys, you know, Jeff and Jason and people who, who are listening, that I joined this group on Facebook called Subtle Asian Fitness a yep. couple months back. And it got me like a ton of clients, you know, so I was like helping my own people for a while. Right. <laughs> so I got like a lot of, you know, Asian clients, you know, and they're from all over the place. They're from like yep. Canada, Australia. I got a girl in Malaysia, I got a girl in UK and all that stuff. It's cool. Right. Sounds like you well, need to go do world travel, dude. So someone made a post in the group about like how quarantine has like made it so hard for them to follow their diet and all they want to do is just eat like, you know, their yeah. like, random just an excuse. Stuff. Yeah. And, like I was like, I was like, I made, I made a comment. I was the first comment and I said, if quarantine is making you eat, you know, off your plan, you're just weak minded, plain and simple. Oh dude, that was so bad. That was such a bad idea. You so, pissed in so, your like stream, man. So, so a lot of a lot of people like agreed with me, right? And yeah, then like a few people started like debating me and I got banned from the group for three days. <laughs> oh God. You can see that coming. I like how Sue like gets on me sometimes when I'm a little fiery and he, and he's like, the reason you failed is because you're fucking weak. You right. know? Like, like oh, just like goes right for And that's like a big like place he's pulling clients from and he's still like, eh. I'm yeah, just gonna you, throw this out here. You know you you're gonna piss some You didn't even off. give the tip, buddy. You went all the way in. Like you just so, so, so like they out. Me and I was like, I've been forsaken by my own people. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus so Christ. I'll be back in like days. In three know, days I'll back days, there in 72 back. hours. <laughs> well, sounds to me like that was an amazing response. I thought you were gonna talk about your car. No, man, like that's another thing that happened. Like, yeah, I thought that was your bad news. I um, didn't know about well, the site. Being banned by my own people was pretty bad, but like, yeah. I also like fucked up my car by crap. Yeah, that's that's awful, dude. That would put me in a bad mood over the website thing. No, nah, no, nah, because the, the car has already been fixed. Like, the insurance is covering it, and uh, it's at the shop, you know, being fixed, like as we speak right now. So, I'm getting it uh, like a satin, um, 
like a matte black wrap on it. They're gonna. Oh, uh, you it. went black anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go black. I am not a fan. I know you're not. I know you like that red, but I like all the curves, man. Yeah. Well, I'll show you the pictures when it comes out. But either yeah. way, you know, I messed up my car, but you know, it's my own fault. So I'll pay for it and uh, get it fixed. So that's that. I take responsibility. <laughs> all right. Well, um, my week's been interesting. I've had fun um, writing about to the mayor of Nashville about how uh, the reason that <laughs> it didn't, actually didn't surprise me. So the gyms at the earliest we're opening up is in June. So like I really June put one or like in June sometime. Sometime in June. But I think that'll realistically be July. Wow at the rate we're going like, and you know, I will say this because you were talking about liberals, but I'm actually, you know, lean left and I tend to vote left and I really don't give a shit, but I've, I more often than not vote Democrat than I do Republican. But I can tell you this much as a small business owner, I am not going to fucking vote for a single Democrat. The shows to keep me locked up. Aren't you like fiscally conservative? I'm fiscally conservative, but I believe in more social justice issues than I do that I reside on. Libertarian. Yeah, I'm more more libertarian, but I tend to vote left because Mm -hmm. you don't really have libertarian options out there. I don't know how you could do that. But, Jace, like, I I mean, I I have liberal ideas too. Like, I'm, you know, I I just do it, man. Like, all that stuff, but, dude, like, I, I, I mean, I will say this though. I don't think I don't think Biden stands shot, shot in hell. And well, yeah, I think it's going to take Pelosi coming out of that spot, in my opinion, for the party to become of relevance again. It just needs to be restarted. Like it has yeah. to be restarted, is my opinion. Like because it's gotten so far left. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, no, I, I, yeah, I'd imagine. I, yeah. I figured a lot of people that were more like, you know, a little more conservative liberals would probably start being like wow man yeah i can't i can't that's exactly how i am i'm just like i i have a hard time fathoming fathoming that the man is that retarded that they make him out to be on that side of the news like i get it fox and all them weren't nice to obama i remember those eight years really well too but at this point with something like this going on near what trump is though yeah no i agree and that's what i'm saying given the presence of this situation that there needs to be like a little bit of like ease up and let's just get through this and then go back to your tax because the elections will be there. But right now the political stuff is just, it's, it's really turned me off. But as a business owner, you know, like you got the mayor of Nashville doing all that stuff. And then um, we pretty much opted not to draft members for the month of May. So we sent out an email just saying what was up and we allowed people to donate. And we've had like over, I think, 120, 130 people just go ahead and donate their monthly memberships. So we're at least going to make some money. But I know there are other gyms out there that don't have a culture like we have yeah, who aren't going to be able to survive this. And I'm telling you right now, we're almost posted this day, but I didn't have the time to get the dick measuring to contest on that is Facebook social media. But I think the gyms are going to completely change. I think you're going to see everyone go to contracts. I know I am. I'm not going to be doing month to month you know, so forth. I'm going to be like, nope, it's a one year or a two year. And I'm and if my gym's shut down, I can't enter. You're still paying me. Like you're going to see a lot of things. And or have a monthly that's maybe a, uh, just a, a bit higher than yeah, like I'm going to do that really kind of comfortable with, but if they really want the benefits of monthly, they're going to pay for it. You that's know? exactly what I'm going to do. Exactly. I'm going to do a free, I'm going to do like a monthly yeah. and then do a one year and a two year. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see planet fitness be the one of the only ones that survives on the corporate side. So they're going to be your $20 people. And I think that mom and pa gyms 
they're going to be up here. So it's going to be a price point difference. So a lot of where, where the community should be getting out there, like small businesses in the community to help to be able to provide a service that people need, which is health and fitness and education and health and fitness. I think we're going to be unfortunately out of some people's price points yeah. because people already have a, people are going to have a hard time probably affording the why because that's income based. Um, and then Planet Fitness will be the only one. And then, well, we all know about Planet Fitness. I mean, it's a great place. You want cardio equipment, but that's kind of. Yeah, I hope my crunch survives because it's a Planet Fitness model, but like it's everyone is welcome. So, I mean, there's bodybuilders there. They're yep. you know, all the way to the, the you know, soccer mom and uh, no one bugs me and no one bothers me. And uh, I know I can't train at Planet Fitness. So, um, yeah, unless I stay, I'd, have to, I'd have to stay covered up and, you know, never grunt and, you know, never do all the, any compound movements. I, I know how you got to do if you want to be there. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I hope my crunch stays open and can make it. Yeah. But that's what I think for the landscape of gyms. I think you're going to see that whole model change. And, you know, as far as like contracted trainers, you know, working in and out of facilities, I think those rates will go up too. Because you got to think like if I'm going to, if the mayor of Nashville does go up, say 20% in property taxes, I'm going to get past that's coming down to me. And you know, where the first place that's not staying on me and that's going to go to my coaches and going to have to go to my members. And it's like, shit, everyone's going to try to get it back somewhere. Yeah. And, and because it's the only way of business, like aside, I literally told Theron, I would move. I mean, aren't you on month to month by now with your townhome? Um, the lease expires at the end of this year, but I mean, we get out anytime because it's, it's, I wouldn't pay 20%, but I guess with you uh, not owning, you don't, yeah, we don't have to, I'm more worried about the business side of stuff, man, where that all comes down because I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be a slippery slope with the way they're going to pile all that stuff on. Yeah. But, um, I just, I don't see businesses being able to, I think you're going to see a lot of stuff go down the hill, man. Oh yeah. I mean, we've already seen large corporations filing bankruptcy and saying they're not reopening and yeah, it's, it's going to be a nightmare, dude, the longer this goes and it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get onto our Q and a for the day. So we appreciate you guys hitting us up with some Q and a's. We pulled together some good ones. We actually had a question about how we coach people uh, for Ramadan and we were all like, huh? But, you know, um, so that was a very interesting, unique question, but we chose not to field that one. So if you say, well, you didn't field our question, well, that's how we decided not to field your question because we had no experience in it. We didn't want to talk on our asses. So um, if you like, if you shot me that question, you'd like another one asked, please hit me up. We'll be more than happy to answer it, but that one we know nothing about. But we do know very much about this next topic, which I'm going to throw to Sue. Sue, what exactly are net carbs? And how do we count them for macros? And do we count veggies? Oh, man. You know, I think this is like one of those like splitting hairs type of thing. Like <laughs> most of the time with like net carbs, like it's because of like, it's like a protein bar, like a Quest bar that has, I think like 24 grams of carbs and only like eight actually impact the glycemic index, which are the net and the rest are like sugar alcohols or, yeah. or fillers or whatever, which supposedly have no effect. Me personally... I would count all the carbs in a quest bar. So I'd count all 24 or 22 or whatever. Just, you know, I would just count them all. I wouldn't worry about what's net and what's total and worry about splitting hairs on, on uh, sugar alcohols and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's my take on it. I 100% agree with you. I'm glad you and said that. you need quest bars in your meal plan anyway. Yeah. Well, I also tell people they, they need to have an idea of their veggies too. They're like, well, veggies free. I'm like, trust me, when your calories are low and you're trying to get really lean, you can eat yourself out of a deficit with veggies or at the very least give yourself a hell of a stomach ache. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So Jason, grandpa, do you have any advice on that one? I mean, I don't track veggies. Um, if I have to with someone I do, but I mean, I've really not seen someone not get lean because of vegetables. Um, my belief is it's not what well, you told me that one time and I ate extra asparagus in my prep. Asshole. My belief is that, you know, it's going to burn about as many calories to, to, to eat it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really get too technical. If someone's really struggling to lose weight, I'll just cap it at four cups, but I really don't have to usually mess with it. Um, net carbs. I don't use a lot of processed foods in a lot of my clients' plans. Um, and, you know, when it comes to like protein bars and things like that, um, I would just track it, like Sue said, just to kind of be consistent. Um, keep it easy. You know, I mean, yeah, and just keep it easy. Um, just look at the label, and then that way you're just, you're just, if it, you know, the total carb, you're, you're, you're always including that. But I mean, here's the thing with all these measurements, just so people understand, pick one way and stick with it. And then you're going to keep tinkering with your diet because if you're not getting results. You're going to pull the carbs down. So they're going to eventually be lower anyways. Just don't flip flop back and forth. Like, so if you, you know, you've always done it one way and you're, you're 10 years down the road, like just adjust off of that. There's really no reason to, you know, go blowing up your whole plans and think you've been doing something wrong. Yeah. Jeff, I want to add two, two things to this real quick, right? With the veggies, I think we can all agree that it's green vegetables that we as coaches have our clients eating. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was going to chime in on that. The reason I'm big for that is just so people keep track of their fiber. I haven't tracked yeah. their vegetables for their fiber intake. Yeah, you can, you can definitely do that. But like in terms of just like worrying about calories and the carbs contained in like things like baby spinach or green beans or broccoli, you'd have to overdo it and binge on like pounds and pounds of this stuff for it to actually have an impact on you. By then, your GI would be fucked. Um, so if you're, if you're just sticking to greens, I think it's fine to untrack to leave it untracked. That's what I tell my clients to do. Um, but if you're eating stuff like eggplant or like, you know, squash, your, 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 squash, your onions, your tomatoes, which I tell my clients not to default to for their veggies, then I think you need to, you need to track because those can um, have sugars. Uh, and like Jason said, like the things that when you're looking at a nutrition label, that's like based off of like calorie, calorie or whatever it's called, like the calculation of calories in food, right? How they determine, you know, energy and like labs, right? They, they calculate this stuff. That stuff's not 100% accurate anyway. No, so you're right. So hung up on like the exact numbers or like, oh no, the macros don't add up when I multiply everything up and it doesn't total. Like, I'm like, who cares? Just be consistent. And then like Jason said, you're going to be pulling anyway. So whether you're pulling from this or pulling from there, you're still pulling. And then processed food has a, I believe, 10 to 15 percent lead up or down by from the fda so um you know if you choose rice cakes to be every macro of yours you're gonna be off and you could be off 10 to 15 percent so not i'm not saying i don't let people write rice cakes but i wouldn't use them every meal if i was dieting because there's such a large disparity i'd rather just use cream of rice where you know it's it's not as off um so many potatoes is completely pure um, just things like that that are less processed. Um, right. But in any event, um, processed, more junk food is going to be really, really far off. So, Well, I think that that one's handled. All right. So how do you coach people through weekly weekend adherence issues? Well, I like to tell them the truth. <laughs> and then I like to tell them it comes back to their habits. And that's usually a little bit of an in-depth conversation. You know, like, hey, look. 
if you're working your ass off Monday through Friday, you can shit the bed on Friday night all the way till Sunday night and undo everything you did Monday through Friday. And it's a vicious, vicious cycle. Like you need to change some habits, a little fun here and there. You want to be flexible with your macros, do a little flexible dieting, swap stuff around, feel free to, to make sure you can adhere, but don't get down that slope of where you're just eating whatever you need to on caloric because you always spill. You know, like, so if your calories are 2,700 a day, I'll see people be like, well, I'm just going to eat 2,700 a day. I'm like, no, no. Like, it goes back to your habits, what you did Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let off a little bit, but make it work. But uh, that's pretty much how I approach that. What about you, Jason? I have a discussion a lot of times about entitlement because most people will tell you, well, I went hard for five days, so I'm entitled. And that's the way their brain works. You know, I went hard for five or six days, so I can blow it out. Um, for one or two days. And, you know, I tell them, I said, but are you entitled to have the body you want? Are you entitled to be healthy? And do you think following the other entitlement is, is to the detriment of the other things? So, you know, I try to point it out that way that no, you're not, you're not getting to just blow things out of the water for a couple of days uh, because you put in five days, what do you do? Have, you know, great. Um, you know, think about the other things that, that you want and get back to focusing on those and see, aren't, you know, don't, aren't, isn't that worth it to you? And aren't you entitled to have that physique you want, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of go that route, um, you know, and then of course, like you said, you, you know, just discuss habits. Like I will remind people that, you know, let's just get over this hump. It usually takes about 21 days to start making things habit. You'll kind of get into the flow of one free meal a week. Um, and then other things like sometimes I have to kind of give parameters on free meals. Like if people can't hold it together, I'll start with parameters. Um, like maybe I'll say, you know, let's just try, uh, getting a, a sirloin or a filet. Let's do a sweet potato. Um, you know, put some cinnamon sugar on that and then have a piece of chocolate cake or what your favorite cake for dessert. And then you're done. Like it doesn't continue forward. You stop eating. And if you get hungry again, start with your new back to your new good habits where you, you finish with a protein fat meal before bed. And then, and then tomorrow we start good. So I like them to have like sometimes another meal that they can go to just to get back to the good habits right away, rather than being like, Oh, well, I already, I already screwed up. So I might as well just pile on is like what other people think in their mind. <clears throat> I've never been that way. It's like, all right, I have my cheat meal. I walk away from the table. No, it's time to get back to business. And if you can get your mind back to that type of thinking rather than, well, I already fucked up, so I might as well just do it more. I just don't understand that thinking at all. But I, 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 people have that. And so you get them back to a good habit of, of having a good meal before bed, and it gets them back ready for the morning. So those are some like discussions I have and some tricks and tips that I do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I tell people all the time when they'll be like, oh, I'll start my diet Monday. And I'm like, dude, it's fucking Wednesday. Mm -hmm. like you know like you're just gonna keep piling on like right pick your ass back up right is it, it important off. start like, now dude yeah, like, like let's do it you, you know? should be pumped about this you're gonna change your body from a piece of goo like let's go but that's where average joe's and average jans like you know because that's what i do is pretty much those is that population gym pop they have this thing where it's like monday through friday they do really good but man once friday night happens like it's the slipperiest slope i've ever seen with them and i'm like look it's like you can go out there and have a little bit of fun but then don't be bitching, you know, if the 10 pounds you want every month has to become two or three pounds because you want to have a little bit more of the loosening restrictions. But I agree with you. Having the whole just pick yourself back up is the most important conversation you have to have right out of the gate right. on the adherence issues. Like just because you screw up, go, you got to go back to doing it again. Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah. 
Sue, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously I have experiences with clients too, but I have sort of like a targeted approach with people and I kind of know who's going to have trouble and who's not. And the people who have the most trouble with cheat meals are the ones that ask me, hey, when can I have a cheat meal? And they have been like two days into the diet and they're like, when can I have a cheat meal? I'm like, and I'm thinking like, the question you should be asking me is like, when can I get lean? You know, when can I achieve the goals that I've set out for and paid you to help me achieve? That should be what you're asking me. And so for those people, you know, I have them quantify exactly what they, what they have eaten and kind of like get some sense of what they're doing to themselves. So if they complain that don't, they don't make any progress. I'm like, and they tell me, well, I had my cheat meal on Saturday. I said, well, tell me what you ate. And then they'll, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I had like a whole large pizza. Then I ate like a pot of berries. And then uh, I had some cookies for my kids. And then like I nibbled on some jelly beans. Yeah, and then so I was good. full and I drank a beer and I went to bed. I'm like, all right, well, look up. Oh, drink a beer out there. I'd be so sick. This is like, these are like women too. Like women, like putting down. Large, like, whole large pizza? <laughs> I've never eaten a whole large pizza in my life. I don't even think I've ever killed a meat. I don't think I ever have either. Dude, I've had women on my team put down like a whole large pizza. And I'm like, wow. oh, look up. How how many calories, fat, protein, carbs, and all that is in a large dog? Oh, dude, it's got to be, I don't know, 3,000 yeah. calories in a and large? Then, I don't know. And then they finally, they, they, they're like, oh, shit, like I ate like 4,000 calories in like a day. And then I'm like, okay, well, now look at, look, 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 let's look at your diet plan and see what sort of a deficit that we're in on a daily basis. And let's do the math here. And then they're like, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you negated the deficit. Yeah. yeah. So. Dude, I just got some like breaking news. The governor of Tennessee is opening up the gyms on Friday, but my but my county's not in it, which Uh. is what I figured it would be. Oh, so I'm gonna be interesting. Just do it. I'm well. I'm gonna be interested to see what precedence happens. Like, are they? You know what I mean? How can they open up some gyms and not like what? What? I what? Why? Why are some getting open and some not? Do you know? Well, I mean, like, I'm glad to know I now have to worry about my competitors about four miles up the road from me getting whipped my ass. But oh well. Anyway, that's that's your breaking news for Tennessee. Um, I would just next. do it and say, "Oh, I didn't know. I heard that all the gyms were opening." I think I might just do it anyway and be like, yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying. "You know, I mean, the governor is, is has supreme or superior, yeah. I think, over the mayor." But hey, what do I know? Uh, would you eat one meal a day if the goal is to build muscle? Fuck no. Were they no. serious with that or are they trolling us? I, you know what? I <laughs> don't really care. I just wouldn't do it. Would you do it? I know we wouldn't do it, but I mean, it seems like it's, I, I mean. I bet you money though. But you know, man, in the day of the intermittent fast where people like, I legitimately have had two clients come to me who ate one meal a day, one a female and another one a male. Yeah. They weren't trying to get big. Didn't that say if you want to get big? Hey, how did it say muscle? Yeah, if you want to gain muscle, no, it's not optimal. What about if you took all the HGH in the world? Then you'd be unhealthy and insulin insensitive. (laughs) So when you did eat, it would be horrible. I like that trolling question. That might have been the better one. (laughs) I mean, question like that too. The answer is no, dude. You had a guy tried to do blood work in the middle of like of his house. So I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like I almost want to tell that story to follow. I'm just gonna drain my arm and then send it to a lab. Like, what's wrong with that? (laughs) I got tubing here. I got from my garage. What? What? What's wrong? All right, little backstory. One of Sue's randoms. One of Sue's clients, like, 
was willing to go ahead and like draw blood out in the middle of his kitchen because well, he, he thought for well, blood he didn't work. Know what blood work was? Because he, he's a younger kid. <laughs> he loves this podcast, so he'll listen to this and he'll, he has a good sense of humor. Right. You I better have a good sense of humor because, dude, you made my night. Because I was yeah. just laughing because I'm like 18 year old Jeff, and like I'm gonna go there and fucking do it. Like just draw up a syringe. Because I wanted to get his testosterone check. Because he was saying that he, you know he's like a young kid. He's like 17, 18, yeah. and he's not getting morning wood. He has no like sex drive and all yeah. that. And he was dieted for a long period of time with his okay. coach. Yeah. But I just want to get his levels checked. And I gave him the, the instructions to, you know, get direct labs, you know, order blood. And he's like, well, you know, how do I get the blood to them? He's like, do you want me to like do it? I can do it in my kitchen sink right now. And, and then I was like, okay, let's think this through. Like, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do to like get blood out? You, know, you read the I- site, you pay and then book a lab. Like... <laughs> So I walked him through it. I'm like, I'm like, no, don't cut yourself with a kitchen knife and collect it in like a cup or something and go bring it to a lab. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that made me smile. I needed that today. Um, so that was the best story I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, dude, for that one. That was good. Um, love you. But uh, tips for training post show rebound phase: How many days per week and how many weeks? So me personally, after a show, I just go back into the gym, start eating good. Jason pushes my calories up and I train as to the point of complete failure. I go, I'm probably dumb. going to get a Dorian Ace type injury, but that's just how I do it. It's worked really well for me. I think that I can usually get about four to six weeks before six days a week becomes five days a week and five days a week becomes four days a week. So about 12 weeks later for me, I'm back down about four or five days a week of training. And I just kind of rotate based on that until I feel good and then, Go for a different phase. What about you guys? Um, oh yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take it. And um, so I guess I would say, so I agree with you, Jeff. Um, what I do personally is, you know, I think of it from this perspective, okay? So you just finished like a prep. Your body is inflamed. You're stressed, okay? Systems are probably compromised a little bit, right? Your, your filtration system, liver, kidney, all that kind of stuff, depending if you're on gear. And so that's not the best time to start pushing food and to pushing heavy training right off the bat. And I've learned my lesson personally over by trying to do that. For me personally, it doesn't work. Um, me nowadays, you know, I will either take the week off and just do some light cardio or I'll go back in the gym and do some light training, nothing to failure and slowly work my food back up. And you know, it's based off of digestion, inflammation, my blood work, all that kind of stuff. So that's my approach now. Um, so I don't know, whatever, Jason. What, what, I mean, it really has to do with if someone was natural or enhanced and then what they, how they maneuver their hormones post-show for me. Um, if someone's completely natural and they did a show, all their hormones are going to be down. Um, no matter what, cortisol is probably going to be high because the testosterone tanks, cortisol goes up. So at that point, that is not the time to be heading into the gym, training super hard, training to failure. Your goal, you should be doing maybe – maybe even take the first four or five days off and then go to like a split where you're hitting it three or four times a week mm-hmm. and where you're doing maybe an RPE of seven or eight. So you're, you're, you're two to three reps shy of failure and then build your calories up um, at an, at a, at a nice pace, maybe bump them 500 and then go slower from there. Um, but if you're natural, your hormones are in the tank, everything's in the tank, like going hard after the show is a horrible idea. And it's a way that a lot of women I see get stuck in that hormonal, you know, down uh, depression and then the metabolic adaptation if you're on gear and you come through prep fairly healthy um there are times i will have people 
push still four, five, 600 megs of test and up their food really fast and, and, and make a little six week push. Um, that's, that's if they're healthy do. and they feel good. If, if it's, even if it's a guy and they, they feel worn out and tired, I'll put them on, you know, two, 200 megs of test, which is like going to be a cruise phase. And then I'll let them train four or five days a week, but we're still not going to train to failure. Um, we're going to go ahead and pull back a bit, work the food up and, uh, and, and pull back on training. So, you know, for the enhanced person, it depends on how they feel and the, in the direction you take. I've even had guys that feel so good post-show. I put them up to six days, kept their test five or 600, got food up fast and made some big gains, but they have to feel good. So this for me really depends on natural versus enhanced on which direction you go in terms of how many days training. If you're natural, you really, really need to start thinking about your recovery and not pushing the body any harder and, and up in that food and, and, and getting the systems taken care of. See, shows don't stress me. You know that because I'm one of the people that you work with that you shove the gear and put the, the or push my test up and then I up my GH, throw that back in, uh, my food, and I always have these good little rebounds after the show. Like, they don't, they don't destroy me. Preps don't. Like, right. I don't know. I think it has everything to do with what well, I went through Well, you stay as a kid. leaner too. Yeah. Um, the leaner someone stays, you know, the less distress. I mean, if I tried to prep right now, I'd probably need four to six weeks. That's not as much stress on the body as someone who would have to do 16 weeks. Right. And you stay lean too. And so, you know, the amount of time we really have to pound on you isn't, isn't like other people. Correct. It's like about yeah, six to eight weeks. I say lean too. Come on, don't leave me out. Now you're eating ham sandwiches, motherfucker. We're leaving you right out of this. You might be leaner next time, but you normally diet 16, 17 weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm not saying you're fat, but I mean, Jeff normally has like really thin skin on the abs and, Mm. you know, some veins in the legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck them. Hey, you're the one when I sent my picture last Saturday. Fuck, Jeff's still leaner than me. I'm like, man, I'm in the off season, bitch. Hey, you look good, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying. I'm trying, you know, there's not really where for me to go to eat. So it's like, um, <laughs> during a reverse off season, how do you know when to stop adding food? So I'm going to turn that one to you real quick. Me? Yeah, you. All right. Let, listen, I've, I've experienced this again myself many times. And, um, you know, I would say for me, it's around like 400 protein, maybe like 600 carb, 130 fat. That's when I start feeling like kind of bogged down. So when you start to feel like you are just not digesting things correctly, um, you're bloated, gassy most of the time, um, even like your enjoyment of food, like, I mean, there's a, there's a threshold that you can push through, but it'll get to a point where like, you're just looking at food and you just want to throw up. Um, mentally, I don't think that's too healthy. I know there are times you got to push through, like I said, but it can get really, really bad. And when you hit that spot, it's probably time to pull back. Um, obviously you check your, uh, fasting blood sugars, if those are starting to rise, you're losing sensitivity. Um, when you're losing sensitivity, you're becoming more inflamed. Your digestion is going to be impacted. All that is going to impact and build on, a, on itself. So that's when you want to pull back and do a little mini cut. Or you could keep calories the same and just you know, get rid of the carbs and up your fats. Uh, maybe lower protein a little bit. Try that. Maybe add some cardio. Uh, just pull back a little bit. Jason, what about you? So the question is, how do, how do I kind of know when – I don't need to add more food, right? Yeah, when you're reversing someone. Okay, well, I mean, so you're, you're always getting biofeedback. Um, and so I'm looking at, you know, I have my clients rank hunger um, every check-in. And, you know, I'm looking at, so I'm looking at hunger. I'm looking at, they, they rank their energy and they rank their strength. I'm having those ranked, you know, they're talking about sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
So, you know, for me, if someone's hunger scores are still really high and even though I'm like, damn, there's a lot of food and they're staying lean um, and they're processing it really well and digesting well, I'm probably going to go ahead and make that move, especially if strength isn't really maximized yet. I'm not seeing tens. Like I might as well try, you know, while they're lean to get that going. Um, but I'm always watching body fat, hunger levels, strength, energy, sleep, all those things and determining whether, you know, and, and of course, digestion. I mean, if someone's complaining literally of being um, stuffed, um, you know, just basically not processing food well, um, I'm, I'm probably realizing I'm at, I'm at the brink, you know, at the top. And then a lot of times, even when that happens, you'll start seeing body fat kind of piling on faster. I'm not one of these coaches that are going to just pound, pound, pound food and chase scale weight. Um, I'd rather there be a little hunger, maybe around a score of a five and um, kind of time nutrients where, where clients really need them and grow leaner. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a long roundabout answer, but that's what I'm looking at. And that's when I know. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also agree with Sue on digestion. I know usually when digestion starts going off or you'll see weird blood glucose levels or just the pictures quick changing and they start going back to what they were before, you know, it's kind of time to break them and go from there. So, um, when to determine to monitor insulin during a maintenance or growth phase, Jason. Well, it depends for me how much food someone has to push. Okay. Like a lot of my women don't have the capacity to be eating two, three, 400 carbs. You know, they're at 150 and more fats and moderate protein. You know, I get labs, um, I'm pretty much all my people. And so I'm watching it, but I'm not having someone like that prick themselves every week unless they are just want to do it. I, I'm looking at every week on people that, you know, are having to gain size. They have an ability to push in four, five, six, seven hundred carbs. And even though they can digest it, I'm aware that that, that doesn't mean that that's not going to affect their insulin sensitivity at some point. So those people, um, that are pushing carbs or able to push carbs, I'm, I'm definitely probably going to ask for a weekly. But like I said, if, if it's someone just not that metabolically gifted and I'm not pushing carbs that hard, I'll just watch their labs and I'm getting those, you know, at least twice a year. And so I can, I can adjust from there, but that's me. But like some of my clients, even if they really, I don't think they need, you know, using a glucometer weekly, but they want to do it. I'm all favor, all in favor of it. And I'll teach them. Um, but I'm not making every client of mine do, especially if they're not high level competitors, um, having these big off seasons where they, where they need to push food and things like that. Sue, you want to chime in? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, for a special case so people who are, you know, borderline type two diabetic and, you know, um, and this is from, you know, prior health history or someone who I think might be borderline type two, I will have them go out and buy a glucometer and check and I would say nine out of ten times my suspicions are correct and their blood glucose is sky high or people who have had family history of uh, type 2 diabetes so with these people I do have them check it twice per week because I have my clients check in twice per week and um, it really helps to as a, as a quantifying uh, like a hard number for them to see because they often see that FBG drop and improve as they get leaner over time and it further confirms their internal health improving, even if the scale doesn't move as often. And that has been like a very motivating thing for my clients to see. Um, and then they understand how insulin resistance and sensitivity affects everything else, like hormones and digestion and all that kind of stuff. So I do recommend it, but I don't force it on people, uh, unless it's like special cases that I need to get a reading on, like I, like I mentioned. 
So I'm like on the other side of that, I have great success with Jim Pop using that because that it's like when they see that number, they're like, why am I throwing 114? Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know? And then over time they start getting it. When they see those numbers go down, it's like momentum for them. And I'm real big in the average Joe Jim Pop world that they got to get momentum. You know, it's not like a lot of us competitors, competitors like, Oh, just get to do the same thing. Like they don't have those habits. So when you're trying to build those habits, like I found for them to have numbers to reference, to remind them. And that's a lot better for them to see, especially with women in the gym pop than the scale all the time. So I try to find a balance between the two. Yeah. So I agree with you guys on that. But one last thing, Jeff, I would add to that is, um, you know, I have a lot of clients who are like doctors and nurses and they're not too well versed in their training on how nutrition and stress and all that ties together with uh-huh. internal health. So I have had doctors who had to work like a crazy shift or like a, they just had like a really, really stressful week and they're piling on water weight, can't lose weight, can't make any progress. I have them check their blood glucose and obviously it's sky high. So I teach them how just one night of bad sleep or a few days of dehydration can increase your fasted blood glucose. And it is literally like a barometer that can tell you of how much stress you're under or how adequately you're sleeping. And they, they make that connection. And once they do, there be, it's like a behavior mod- modification for them because they understand the why behind it. Yep. So I think that's very important. That's a good one too. Next question, where to purchase injectable L-carnitine and why is it superior? So amino asylum and synthetic.com are the two places that I think that we both go, all three of us go to. And it's superior because 95% of L-carnitine gets destroyed in your stomach. Yeah. And the amount you need for it to be effective is better through injection. And um, both synthetic and amino asylum don't hurt. I know that racehorse med oh. shit. That used to, Jason's like, oh, don't fuck with me. I'm like, oh, dude, it'd be burning going in my bicep. I'd be like, fuck, you know, the whole time. <laughs> Fast the cardio, I'd be like, it's terrible. But uh, amino asylum. I agree with that. And synthetic, you know. If you I guys want to be sponsors of the Excellence Cartel, we'll hear you up. <laughs> but um that one there and then for dosing on it it really depends but i tell men and women to start like at 200 milligrams and kind of go from there um you know i like 600 milligrams a day but if i were to do that right out of the gate i had one client did not do that and did not listen to me and went straight for three cc's and he was like dude i can't stop sweating i'm so panicky and i'm like yeah man because it gives you like a little kick of of energy there, you know, and then, and well, it also it makes you super insulin sensitive. So yeah, it does. Got to add blood sugars drop too, you yeah. know. And yeah. I was telling him that, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I think it was on Intense Muscle. I was talking about that. If I do my fasted blood glucose since eighty one, and then after cardio with my six hundred milligrams L carnitine, I'll be in the low fifties. Oh yeah, I mean coming yeah. out of it. I'm like, yeah, or if I don't do it, I'm like in the like seventy one, maybe mm-hmm. like I go down. Yeah, you'll 10, get a little drop points. from the list, but not much. Yeah, but not yeah, much. you add that, you're your insulin sensitivity goes through the roof. So I'll use it in the morning. I'm now doing some uh, fasted cardio, uh, 20 minutes. And, Are you uh, reading while you're doing it? I start work. Um, okay. Well, you know, I, I have too something. much going on right now. Um, I start work and then uh, I'll, I'll fast till 1130 and I'm getting leaner on the same caloric intake. I, I mean, so I'm burning fat while I'm doing that 20 minutes and while I'm fasting. I, I've got it because the calories haven't dropped. Right. So it's a pretty powerful little, little tool. Yeah, it is. Um, what to look for in a good greens supplement. So Jason, since yeah. you have new ethics, let's pimp it out real quick. Let's yeah, go ahead tell like, so, you know, I, I, I'm going to take that time and do that gourmet greens. Um, so, you know, you want good taste. A lot of these taste like grass. Ours literally tastes good. Uh, okay. Our espresso is 
the bomb. I highly recommend it, but berry is good too. Um, so taste was really important, but you know, then of course you want a full offering of the superfoods, like your spirulinas and kales and all those different things. You want to make sure that's in the label, all the like really dark, uh, green superfoods. And then what we've done, we added probiotics, but we've also added prebiotics. So that it really helps people use the bathroom. Um, but it also will feed your good bugs and you throw in our floor protect and those prebiotics will feed those. So I use all of these in a SIBO protocol when I hit the gut defender with the other gourmet greens and floor protect, it all works together in a system. Um, so, you know, those are some things that I think you would want in there. Um, sometimes you just see, you know, the 10 servings of fruits and veggies, we got 20 fruits and veggies, but we also do prebiotics and probiotics. So I think that's, um, important. And if you don't see those on yours, come and give us a try, even if it's just because of taste, but what do you guys like? www.newethics.com. There it is. (laughs) So, well, that answers that question. Um, I honestly, the only other green supplement I ever tried my whole life was that athletic greens and that tastes like grass. So when you guys came out with yours, I switched and I haven't done it since. So, yeah, you know, yeah I, I used to take this stuff called Green Vibrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'd buy it at um, Vitamin Shop, and that stuff is like if you had like a fish tank, and all your fish died, and you you left it out in the summer. Yeah, algae. Oh, and, Jesus and there was algae growing, and there was like seaweed in there and stuff, and then you scooped out a, a shaker bottle full of it, and you drank it. That's what it tastes like. Yeah. God, that was like the best description I've ever heard. <laughs> because that's what it's so nasty. Oh. So Jason's product, seriously, guys, like that's this is like a year-round supplement for me. Yeah. The 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 um especially the espresso one, I actually like to mix with um yeah. concentrated uh, coffee, like concentrated coffee mix. Like I buy it in a, in a little jar, so it's like my morning wake up. Yeah. And it's like a strawberry kiwi flavor. There's a berry blast flavor or something, and they all taste as they should. And you don't taste. You don't even think you're drinking a green supplement. No. You know, so it's a great product. Yeah. Yeah. And we got 20 fruits and veggies. So you're getting nicely alkalinized. So I do two scoops a day because I'll be honest with you. I'm shitty about veggies. Like if our dinner includes a salad, I'm cool. But like a lot of times if I'm putting meals together, I'm, I'm not messing with vegetables. And uh, so I, I'm two scoop guy a day um, for that. All right. Now, next question. Do you prefer coaching slash healing a gym pop client to a better lifestyle or getting a promising competitor to the stage who has discipline genetics? So I work primarily with lifestyle. So I can tell you that's what got me into the industry, but nothing was as cool last year as then when Nick crossed the stage after I've been on his journey with him and he beat, you know, after beating cancer and all that to watch him take first. So, um, but you know, he was just an average Joe who just started working out with me who after a little bit, I was like, Hey, I think you could really do this. So I think it it depends. I've had lifestyle clients who turn into competitors and I've had former competitors that just want to be lifestyle clients. But I think that it just matters at the end of the day, what, how, how, how happy they are. So the wins are all the same to me, but, um, I'll go ahead and give your guys opinions. But for me, they're equal. A win's a win. Hmm. Sue. Um, for me, I love the gen- general population yep. because you, you can really see someone's life turn around in so many ways when you teach like the 50 year old corporate, you know, woman who has struggled with her way all her life and has, you know, devoted all her life to her children, her career, and finally has time for herself. 
Yep. And you know, the happiness that you can deliver by changing their lives through nutrition and training, it, nothing can beat it. And the thing is about, um, and so the majority of my, my clients are a general population, but the thing about competitors is like many of them can execute and they know the drill and everything like that. So it, it becomes easier to explain to them the technical stuff. But you said two things, Jeff, you said, um, someone who has a lot of good genetics and potential, you said discipline, discipline and genetics, right? the two things correct yeah the one thing that a lot of competitors lack is loyalty and um you know it's hard to coach somebody who is constantly looking for the edge talking to other coaches looking stuff up online and like questioning the plan because you have to then say okay no block this person out no don't look don't look at this guy you just stay the course don't try keto one week and then try this and the next, and they, they, these guys, they, they have so much potential, but they're so scatterbrained and so always looking over to the fence for greener pastures that you sometimes can't coach them consistently over a long period of time. Like I'll take myself, for example, I've been with Jason since 2008. To this day, he will still be my prep coach. Um, and I've made loads of progress, and Jason's been able to learn my body over time, and he knows exactly what to do. A lot of competitors, aren't loyal enough to their coaches to allow them to become great coaches and have that relationship. That's my opinion. Good insight on that answer. Sensei grandpa, what say you? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to uh, reiterate what Jeff just said. I, I actually agree with competitors not sticking with their coaches long enough a lot of times. Um, so I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Jeff just did it really well. if discussed it, but I, I do agree with him. Like, um, competitors should, should pick a coach that they, they really like what they see and then, and then give it some time. But, um, man, this is a hard one for me. Um, I don't deal with as much gen pop, meaning like, you know, people that have not been dieting and, and training for a while. Like I don't get a lot of people that are like just completely new to this lifestyle. Like, like I think some of you guys do. Um, so really for me, the question would be, do I enjoy healing a competitor who was kind of, you know, either had a coach that didn't put enough emphasis on their health or maybe they ruin their health kind of um, themselves from not doing this lifestyle properly when it comes to dieting and maybe even getting on the stage or leading someone, you know, into, into a win um, and a competitor through that style. And man, it's really hard for me because I think if you asked me after someone just won their pro card and I've kind of helped them walk through, you know, the levels, I'm really excited about that and get, really jived up over that but at the same time when someone gets their life back um i i i think i get equal value out of both i really don't think i can kind of make a decision on i like doing both um i still do both and i I just i get really excited over both to be honest with you yeah same same ways to figure out if your gear is good or fake i guess blood work would be one um and then the other one would be isn't there a company that you can there is your shit it's yeah. god it's like roids something but i don't google know. steroid make sure my shit is real in the box and it should pull something up yeah there's a there is a testing site that you can yeah you can, yeah yeah you can get you can get the testing stuff sent to your house and I, then uh, test your gear i definitely wouldn't be putting shit in me i didn't think was real though 
So I guess like if I even had a sneaking suspicion, I, I don't even know if I'd order it in the first place. That's where like the message boards, like if you're listening and this question applies to you, go on the message boards because you can usually like go through and get some threads in there. Professional Muscle has a whole sponsor section. Once you get to like a certain type, you can literally go read all sorts of stuff about different brands, like educate yourself on that. Like I had a person slide my DMs when they help them read HGH and I was like, huh? And they're like, they even know how to mix it. I'm like, I'm not getting it all that. If you don't know how to mix it, then you don't need to take it. And that's where I just left it. Um, so I don't think we have anything to chime in on that necessarily other than those things. Sue's well, cracking up. Google that I'll, testing site. I'll say a couple of things, Jeff. I of think one, one really easy thing we can do is like if you're on testosterone, at least check if your testosterone is, is real, right? There's a factor. It's around a factor of five, okay? So if you take like 200 milligrams of testosterone per week, you multiply that around five, that's what the nanograms per deciliter should show roughly on your labs. So you should see at least like an 800 to 900 uh, test level on that dose. Um, the other stuff you, you can't really, really test for. If you're taking like Trend or Anivar or whatever, um, that stuff's not going to clearly show on labs. So you probably want to go to a third party. But I just want to comment on how hilarious it is. The level of trust that us bodybuilders have in terms of our gear is just mind-blowing. Because you have like this gear coming from who, who knows where, like from China or from Russia or from, you know, the Caribbean or whatever. And we have no problem just, you know, putting that stuff into our bodies. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Shit. I have one of my friends on Facebook who I know you brag about raw dogging all the time and he's scared to death to leave his fucking house over COVID. So, I mean, like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, <laughs> Totally get it. Um, how to manipulate cardio, your type of cardio for fat loss. Hmm. Okay. All right. Jason. Um, cardio my, for fat loss. I mean, so. It's just too lit. Listen, hit in my world. Well, so. I mean, you know, people use miss. Um, I was just, John Gorman and I did a podcast and that came up and he uses miss actually. Um, I just don't. I thought he um, switched from his hit position. Cause like, in no, his book, he, he, he does hit, hit and miss. He does hit and okay. miss. Yeah. He does a no list. I was like, no last news list. to me. Um, so I do fasted lists. I mean, let's just hit, you know, what that means to me is 110 beats per minute around there. Um, I do it fasted, uh, when I believe that's the best time to use that. Um, I do it post-workout, which I believe is the second best time. Uh, some of the pitfalls you will see is people doing their cardio before they're lifting. That is 100% the wrong way to think about this. Lifting should take precedence over any cardio ever performed for a physique athlete, in my opinion. Um, because that's how you keep the muscle and or build it. Um, then I'll use hits, um, periodically, um, men, you can usually keep it in longer and build it up higher. Um, women, you have to be real careful with how you use hits. I will bring it on, take it off, uh, per week. Um, how I start my hits usually is two sessions a week at five intervals only post-workout. And so that would be about 15 to 20 minutes on the interval and 40 to 45 seconds to a minute on the recovery and repeat. And the reason it's only five and the reason the intervals are short is because true hit is balls to the wall. You'll look like a damn fool on that bike. That's the intensity it should be. And so therefore I'm not going to prescribe one full minute of 15 intervals right off the bat because no one's putting a true hit into that. It becomes more of like a miss session. Um, so that's what I use and that's how I start. Yeah. Sam, what about you? Um, my, I make considerations for hit. So a couple of things is like hit is uh, better used in my opinion, in the beginning of a diet or Agree. 
um, because the inflammation and the stress increases as the diet goes on. And especially for naturals, if you keep hit in or you start adding it like the last four weeks and you want to get them peeled, you risk a lot of muscle loss and impacting recovery because it's very hard to recover from versus lists. Me personally, I actually had a guy DM me today. He was like, wow, it's like all you do is just walk for your cardio. And I'm like, yeah, me personally, like Jason, you know, like, you know, like the amount of lists that I do is like way more than you would prescribe to me, but that's just what works for me. Like I enjoy walking for an yeah. hour and a half, you know, for five to six miles every morning. And my legs, I don't lose any strength. I don't get heavy legs, no detrimental effect at all. I just get lean. And I love just listening to music where I'll get on my phone and do my fucking marketing stuff, you know, on my stories. And I love it, but that's what works for me. And, you know, we do, Jason and I, we do add hit um, in the beginning of a prep, but you've always like tapered it back and cut yes, it out. Yes. Yeah. For, for the reasons you gave. Right. But I'll leave it in pretty long for a man, whereas my women, I'm, I might have to pull it every other week. You know what you I gotta mean? you got to manage the stress with them, yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, there's also something you guys, could, which we've talked about, I think, before, but you could do called the Stubborn Fat Loss Protocol by Lyle yes. McDonald, cool. where what you'll do after weights, you'll do your hit, and then you'll jump on and do some lists. And um, the protocol calls for Yohimbi as well in it. And there's actually a protocol he has where you do it fasted with the Yohimbi. And it's like list hit list hit if I'm not mistaken in that winner's book or I was like there's hit in there with the list first thing fasted but he cautions against doing it like for a long time because it is so draining especially in a fast yeah state. I mean just to give the listeners the like dumbed down version of what's going on there and that's the way I understand it too so this is like for me as well um, what's going on there is the hit actually liberates fatty acids into the bloodstream Correct. and then the list uses them as energy. So you, you liberate and then use his energy, liberate, then use his energy. Or you can just literally liberate and then just stay on list the rest of the time, which is how I've always had my clients do it. I haven't gone back and forth on the flop. I usually get the hit out of the way and then have the list follow. Yep. Um, ways HRV affects your recovery and how to help control it and advance it. I almost think that's like a whole topic for a show that we could get. It is, but you might as well give a few tidbits. And I mean, this is your like thing. So yeah. Oh man. Ways HRV affects your recovery. Well, it's basically a lens into your autonomic nervous system. So let's see how stressed you are. Um, So how you can help control it. The first thing I try to do is all the cheap ways. It's um, with a supplement cordies. I actually just wrote about this this morning for one of my articles because I'm starting to write about it. But I talked about cordies. I talked about gourmet greens because micronutrients help bring up your HRV. Small amounts of hit bring up your HRV. It does, which is weird. Yeah, very small. Um, yeah, I've seen that too, guys. Like yeah. it, it, it has to be like five or less intervals, but it yeah, does. You can't go over that. I figured out my threshold. I could get away. So my intervals I do are six intervals, mm-hmm. and I do the air assault bike, and I do twenty on, ten off, and it just kills me. That's that's what I like. Only ten seconds off, dude. Yeah, it's terrible. I love it though, but my legs are blown apart. Okay, I, but my legs have been improving and maintaining injury free, yeah. so I'm like yeah. not. But anyway, I think you should try it sometime, but I think it's only effective on the air assault bike. Um, so anyway, a uh, little bit of hit. I found that if I go over six intervals that I'm just, I can't recover it. Um, micronutrients is huge. Um, blue light blockers to help suppress your cortisol and get your melatonin up before bed. Meditation has a lot of research on it. Restorative yoga. Um, deep breathing. Breath, deep breathing throughout yep. the day here and there. I know that if I'm driving around every red light, I'll do some deep breaths just to kind of keep stuff going. Um, and if you're trying to advance it, you need to have a way to track it. Yeah. So um, I've had people message me. The best one 
is whoop right now. And the reason it sucks to have that monthly subscription, I hundred percent get it. I know people like just to buy something outright, but what you're paying for is the way the software is. And I think Jason, you've agreed with me that software, they keep updating it, keep refining it, keep making it a little bit better and better. And the reason I like it is because I can understand my strain, which is how much yes. work I've done. So I'm able to judge my workouts, yes. which means I'm, if I want to overtrain, I overtrain. If I don't want to overtrain, I don't have to overtrain. So yes. Like I was able to watch my heart rate. So today I was yellow, which I was like, uh, I didn't know. I was like, okay, I kind of feel, uh, but I was noticing that it was harder for my heart rate to recover in between sets. So I went with a higher rep scheme and then try to go all out on my uh, lower reps and do four sets and things like that, or forced reps and things like that. So that in a nutshell is what uh, HRV is. There's ways to do it, but start with the cheap ones, meditation, restorative yoga, hit micronutrients and then uh gourmet greens and cordies i actually wrote up about those two products today you guys have anything else you want to chime in i mean the one thing that has helped me too um is actually cbd oil does help like i see yep. a direct i see a direct like i'll get out of reds and yellows uh and right into a green by adding like but i gotta hit like almost 50 migs of it i think probably because i vape thc like i just need more like you know, some people are like, oh, you only need like 12 milligrams. Like that don't do shit in terms of my HRV and my recovery. <laughs> like, I, need, I need at least 50 migs. Like, and yeah. my one dropper is like 66 for one dropper. And I just pile that in. And that one definitely puts me in green almost every time I use it. Um, meditation, unfortunately, I'm probably just not doing it right. But I've, I, it's hit or miss, man. Like there's some days I'll do it and then I get a green, but there's a lot of days I do it. And like, it's still just yellow for me. Like, I'm probably just not a great meditator. Um, I, I think the breath work before bed is more vital per se than the breath work throughout the day because okay. think about it, they're measuring it at your point of, of deep sleep according to what right. I read how their measurement is. Yep. So, you know, if you're coming out of that deep sleep and suddenly you startle or something, it's going to give you a lower HRV because there have been times I've been like, ooh, I don't know if I really feel like that, you know, and I've had, gone yeah. on to have great workouts and then the next day I'm green too. So obviously that was kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why I think that if you're going to do, if you're going to fuck with HRV, you need to have a monitor to be able to at least understand whether it be aura ring, whoop. Uh, I wouldn't go by the Apple iWash. I found that to be terrible, but something like that where you're at least able to understand data and don't freak out the first couple of days you have yeah. it and it's red and yellow and all yeah. this weird shit. <laughs> it takes time to adapt to you to figure it out. Um, yeah, I honestly think it, I honestly think it took about three months before I started when I would wake up in the morning. I'd be like, Ooh, today's a green day. Well, what do you know? It is a green day. Um, you know, where I was starting to match how I feel to the uh, coloring. So give it a little bit of time. Yeah. So you want to chime in on that? You're getting a whip band, aren't you? I, I'm going to order one. Yeah. I ordered one the other day. Good. My charger stopped working, dude. I've been without mine for 10 days and my charger hasn't showed up. Like, they have an extra charger that I ordered. Nah, that's a good idea because mine stopped working. Like I, I can't use my whip band right now. Hmm, that sucks. I know. Um, last two questions. The hardest demographic to coach. Mm. Ooh, for me, I'm going to say women over the age of 60. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. Me? And that's just because like, like I have this woman, she's been with me for 16 months. She did a keto diet for 16 months. Yeah. Okay. And she got down where she was eating 800 calories a day. Hmm. And then she's like at 149. So I put her in a carb cycle. I'm working with her blood sugars. Dude, she was going to see a doctor. She had liver values of like 300. Oh, God. Yeah. And I'm like, um, well, I bet like with that, your thyroid shot and all this other stuff, right? So she's pushing back about doing blood work. But I, thought, I told her something the other day. And she's like, don't you think it's time that we 
you quit blaming keto. I'm like, call it whatever you want. But the fact that you were in a deficit for 16 months straight isn't going to be fixed in four months. Like it's no, like especially I mean, your age no. with no HRT and nothing else involved. And you, you don't like lifting weights. Complete macronutrient for 16 months. Yes. I do think that that tanked your metabolism. And yeah. Your yeah. Like, and plus she's, you know, 62 yeah, with, no HR, with no HRT. No doesn't like lifting weights, like five pound dumbbells, screens. Oh, well, yeah, dude, that, you're you only going to make that look so good. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, exactly. if they will do HRT, they're not going to train hard. Like you can only do so much. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, she's like, well, I haven't really been walking. I'm like, well then why you, so to me, it's the whole thing because no matter what, they only see that scale number. They yeah. don't understand nutrition. They're, you know, she's like, well, are you sure there's no foods I can be eating? I'm like, well, I promise you the purple potato is not better than the sweet potato as far as results go. But if you want to eat the purple potatoes, cause your friend Susan said they're great for you, yeah. then yeah. go ahead and do the purple potatoes as long as it yeah. fits your number. So that's right. been the hardest demographic to me. Um, even young kids kind of tend to get it when, you know, the younger ones, they're coming up understanding macros. They're coming up understanding because, you know, the internet's been there to them. So they, they at least do a little bit of research, but the 60 plus year females, that's just the ones I, I struggle with. Yeah. And it sucks. Cause I want to serve them and help them out. But I'm like, you got to at least try, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have those clients that are, you know, 55, 60, but they come to me and I think they see the info I put out and they're ready. They're like, listen, if we run these labs and my hormones aren't, aren't running, I have no problem doing HRT. Like a lot of my like 55 and year older women are like that. So, but they've lifted all their life. Like they're into the lifestyle. They realize now that something is just not working like it used to and they believe it's their hormones and they hit me up and we you know do a full workup and i'm like yep you know let's let's get you to an hrt clinic if that's what you want to you know if that's the direction you're cool with going but i agree with you why that why that would be such a tough demographic um because they're the general nutrition they don't yeah the general nutrition hormones. they don't understand that this is all hormone driven like if you want more muscle to shape your body you gotta have hormones like you know um my demographic Honestly, I, I get a lot of clients that are just ready to change and, and, and morph and do as I say. Like, I guess the hardest ones right now for me are the women that come to me and want help and their progesterone is so low that they're just anxiety ridden and you can like feel it in their emails. And as soon as I send them their plan, they're like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. This is so much. And I can't believe I got to do this. And I got to buy this mm -hmm. supplement. You're changing my diet and I can't eat four protein bars anymore. And Oh my God. Like I got to eat chicken every day and I got, I got to eat cream of rice. Like I hate cream. I'm like, well, okay, we can pick another oh. one, but I've got to get oats out of there. It bloats a lot of people, you know, and it's like, you can just see their anxiety. And if I can get them calmed down and to realize change is good, you know, I, so that is the, my struggle right now. It, they, they want to be here and they get the, the whole point of fixing things, but they're so anxiety ridden um, that they react poorly to all the changes because to heal, it's a huge change. As you guys know, I mean, from training to, to sleep, to the protocols for the gut, to, I mean, all the different things that have to be taken care of. Um, yeah. So it can be overwhelming for those people who have that really low progesterone and they're estrogen dominant and they're just excitatories, you know, their neurotransmitters are all, 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 you know, norepinephrine driven and, you know, they're just, just kind of an excited stress ball mess. So that's my hardest demographic right now. What about you, Sue? Um, I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction and talk about three of my um, hardest and, and why they are and what I do to try to fix this. Number one, I agree that the older uh, female population, 55, 60, is hard because 
they have just so many things they, they want to enjoy in life. Uh, they want to enjoy their wine, their time with family, travel, all that. So over time, you know, as a 30 something year old male, single male, you know, I've come to empathize with um, these women who are at a much different stage in life than I am. And they've seen and experienced way more. And I've become way more um, just, you know, lenient through my empathy. And while I do still tell them what needs to be done, I'm not so hard on them anymore. And I felt like, you know, by having me just there and that they can trust me and they can come to me when they're ready, they're more apt to change on their own time. And so I've kept clients on for like years and years. Um, and, that, and they do slowly improve, you know, they could definitely do it faster, but as long as they're happy, I'm happy. Um, second hardest would be um, young women. And I'm talking about like, you know, 20s to maybe like early 30s because they are anxiety ridden, like Jason mentioned, and they have very low self-esteem. And so they're always questioning things and it's hard to, you know, keep them on track, but, you know, I can through education. Um, and then the third group would be men who are, you know, in their 30s to 40s who claim to have done it all and know it all. And they are like, they want to be the coach too. They're like, well, what if we do this? Because I know this will work. Because I read this in this magazine before. And with those people, I let them try whatever they, they want to try. And they'll fail. And they come back to me and they do it my way. So those are my three groups and my three approaches. <laughs> Last question. Oh. Oh. What's your biggest business fuck up? Oh. Mine is being in Davidson fucking County. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, when all the businesses move and Nashville fucking falls on itself and it's no longer known shit except for a ghost town like Gary, Indiana, yeah. I'm gonna be like, fuck you, you know. But um honestly, my I don't know, I don't look at business fuck ups as anything bad. I think that that's part of the process. Like I think I'm just wired that way for my bone disease and shit. Just I look at fuck ups as just a part of the natural journey and that you have to fail forward. So I don't really have anything that haunts me too, too much that I can really think of. I mean, I've had the usual dumb ones spend money when I should not have, you know, little stuff here and there. But, um, I mean, I don't really have any. What about you, Jason? Well, I've made some bad investment choices. Um, yeah, so yours like isn't business business. It's more like investment, Well, right? I invested in LLCs that just tanked. You know, I put yeah. 50K into that, you know. Oh, that food pouch one. The, the food pouch one that was meant for a bariatric patients. And it still was a great idea, but the guy ended up, you know, becoming an alcoholic and he squandered every dime that all of us put in. And, um, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, you know, um, I had the cash. Um, it didn't affect my family or I wouldn't have put it in, but you know, um, it still sucked. Um, I've let friends borrow money, good sized chunks and they've, you know, changed their cell numbers and moved on. So, um, the bank adjacent is done with friends really anymore, uh, of lending. I've been burnt in those situations pretty hard. Um, but you know, as far as like Scooby prep and new ethics and things like that, I'm sure we could have made better decisions, but I'll be honest with you. Like the trajectory of both of those companies is always, gone up and so like i said i can't think of anything where it's like damn i really messed that up in this business um i think i've made some really good choices my things are more on the investment side where i've made some you know just i wish i could have redone that type decisions sue you um i think for me it'd be like two things but they are sort of the same 
Um, I know, you know, you got people who have followed this podcast since last year uh, have heard the story about how I didn't get along with that uh, gym owner that, you know, I had worked out of, you know, his gym for several years. And I think there my mistake was um, thinking that I needed to rely on somebody else to grow my business, whereas I had all the control and all the power myself to do it. And, um, you know, I, I tried an apprenticeship program uh, last summer where I actually had two coaches or, or coaches, people who wanted to be coaches, um, start learning from me. And that didn't go anywhere. It just didn't take off. Um, and I had to end the relationships. And sadly, one of them was a good client of mine who I had for um, you know, over a year. And we don't really talk too much anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, but again, there it was me thinking that I needed to grow and expand and rely on other people to help me do that. Whereas again, I needed to focus on growing it myself and keeping a, a, a sense of my brand that was true and keeping to my core values and all that. So that was my mistake. So now I think very carefully about who I align myself with and who I depend on because most of the time I can get the job done myself and not stop making excuses to lean on other people. That's what I think. Which is why you and I do mentoring now where we don't like tie directly to other coaches in the sense of them. Representing our yeah, yeah. We, we work with them and stuff like that. So if you're a coach and you're you want to do that, Sue and I do mentoring services in that regard for coaches who might need help with systems, um, with some things like that with the clients and so forth. We, we do that kind of work. Um, and Jason actually will take people on and do a full on program all the way through to be a coach with him. Yeah, if you got what it takes. No, they don't have they have to become a coach. I mean, I, I pluck people from it, but I mean, it's for them to go build their own brand. Um, I do, it's a nine month mentorship program. Um, yeah. And that's like the thing, like, you know, I read a lot as everyone knows. And through all the reading, when you read all these books on leadership and business, all these people talk about having mentors as being a, a thing there. And I think that that's something that sometimes the younger generation kind of maybe loses sight on, but mentors help you go further and they help you get like farther because you're getting into their network. So if you're seen with them by their network, then that's an automatic like trust being put into you. And that enables you to really go out and branch further. So yeah, it might seem that, Oh, I have to pay that coach to get mentored. Well, yeah, because you know what, all of us spend time and money and resources to grow too. And that's just kind of like the way you really grow your business to be successful. I haven't, I've trained three CEOs. I work with three CEOs and all three of them talk about their mentors and all three of them like, we're like, no man, like if I go do that, you know, I'm paying the dude to fly to me and I'm paying to put everything up X, Y, Z, giving them all this money. And I'm like, damn. So I realized you got paid that some of those guys get paid 25 grand to just go talk in a boardroom for like 90 minutes and walk back out. And I'm like, shit, that's some goals right there. So, but uh, that handles our questions for this one. So we actually got a lot of questions about SIBO and gut health, specifically SIBO protocol. So what we decided to do was bring a doctor on who is uh, one of Jason's homeboys. So I'll let Jason kind of divest a little bit on that guy real quick. Um, What's his background? Uh, Charles Seftrick. um, I studied under him. Um, to learn inflammation, gut health, um, SIBO protocols. Um, and he is a chiropractor out of South Dakota. Um, but he also is a functional medicine specialist. So he's got that too. Um, so he does chiropractic, but then he also has a nutrition practice in his, you know, 
chiropractic practice. So he's handling not only back stuff, but also gut stuff and a lot of the health stuff that we touch too. Um, and I learned the five R program from him when I took classes from him back in 2018, I had to fly to Minnesota five times, I believe. Yeah, four, it was four, I thought four, four, yeah. either way it's 48 hours, um, is what I did under, under Dr. Seth check. And he said that he would come on and cover a topic and we weren't really sure what we would do, but it sounds like that might be a good direction to go. Um, and he can tell you what his, what his gut, you know, protocol is for, for SIBO and different things. Yep. Okay, cool. And then um, we'll have a topic for next week. We're waiting to kind of hear when he wants to come on before we decide next week's topic because we gave him a chance at next Tuesday, the following Tuesday and the Tuesday after that. So yep. he'll kind of go along with one then, but if you guys have some topics you'd like to hear, hit us up. Um, in the meantime, if you guys get a moment, please leave a review. We're starting to get up there in them and we appreciate it. And we hope you guys keep sharing and tagging. Um, it's great to know we're having some of the impact we are on all that. Guys, have Definitely. anything else to say? No, I think we're good. I'm just going to go back to answering like oh, my phone's been getting blown up during this because everyone's like, oh, the gym's open. I'm like, no, read the fine <laughs> print. Davison's not in there. Oh, fuck this bullshit. Nazi <laughs> Germany. Like one of my friends just said, this Nazi Germany. I would open, open your gym. And I'm like, yeah. well, if you're going to cover my business license, I'll fucking open it. <laughs> like, you're not going to take it first time. Well, see, that, so that's what I'm interested to see because – I'm going to I'm going to be interested how because where we are with our gym there's quite a bit of local gyms we're on that line but once you go on the other line to the other county there's other gyms over there there's like 25 gyms within like 10 miles Jesus. it's like crazy dude wow right and I just have a hard time knowing that people are going to be like what my competitors like literally two miles over across yeah. from me can be open, yeah. but I can't. So like COVID suddenly stops at the line here. I would just I'm open like, it. Oh, I'm scared. I don't they're not going to, they're not going to take your business license first go. They're going to try to like write you a letter, fine you. Like maybe it'll just be a cop that comes through and they'll try to just tell you to close down and then you can get, uh, you can get the news involved. Yeah. At that point, well, I'm going re- to discuss it with my leadership tonight and we'll see what we decide <laughs> to do because oh, it's a mess. I don't know, no. man. I'd fight. I'd fight the man probably and open it. That's yeah. Me. The question. I'm, though, not, I'm like, not a very good rule follower, though. Like I never have. Really dude, I got anything. goddamn anarchy tattoo on the back of my right elbow. I'm like totally yeah. for fucking anarchy. Then, but the question is, like, how evolved. much they could bleed my money out is my bigger concern. I, I just don't think they're gonna hit you with a fine right away, man. I think cops will show up and they'll try to just get you to shut. And then you can then you can go scream to the uh, the fuck the police. The news media. One of them will carry you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be playing like uh, "fuck the police" in the background. Get it on, get it on video. Whoever's there, like, tell some of your main people, like, "Hey, if the cops come in here, pull out your t- pull out your phone. Let's yep. get it." All right, Delthera, she'll I'll be around. Oh, I know. Like, we'd have to like live on the property for like the first two weeks we do this, because you know they'd be showing up at any time. But I think what's gonna be is the health board enforcing it. So I'm just like, well, if you guys got some shit to do, I guess I'll give you all some shit to do. I mean, if I was you, I would, you know. Uh, try to put some sort of controls in place. I don't know what. Oh, like, I mean, we've already got a plan. Like, it's just that they won't let us like, execute it. I'd be like, look, here's our plan. You're going to tell me that a gym two miles away can be open, but I can't. What yeah. am I supposed to do? Lose all my members to them? Like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. Get well, the bigger thing video. is like this if gyms are in phase three with the, gov- with the mayor here, we're allowed to open full tilt. And I'm like, how does that make any sense that I go from it nothing doesn't. to full tilt? So I'll be, it's going to be. 
I don't know. We'll all be texting later. Not only that, your mayor's not even following the president. The uh, governor's guideline. No, nah, and that's what's fucking made me mad about this governor being a pussy ass bitch because he's he's allowed Davison, well, so Nashville, Knoxville, Jackson, and Memphis and Chattanooga, five cities, get to do their own. But the other so eighty nine out of ninety five counties get to do follow his rules. I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, what makes the six of us any different? You know, right. we yeah. voted for you just the same. So, but we're a special because we're over here. And then, uh, man, anyway, I'm sure I'll talk to you guys about it later, but y'all yeah. have yourself a great day. All That's right. Our and our See you guys. Thanks ciao, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.